welcome to the FinTalks, a chat with Finance Malta. Today we have Katja Higgins from the ICTU. Good morning, Katja. Can you please give us a little introduction and tell us what you do? Of course. Um, I am a senior manager in the International Corporate Taxation Unit. Um, it is an office within the Office of the Commissioner for Revenue. I joined the unit way back in 2001 and I have been working on exchanges of information since 2004. Very good. And what exactly is exchange of information? Sure. Exchange of information is a mechanism wherein tax offices of different countries help each other in exchanging um, information. It is a very effective tool and like this, the countries can um, make sure that taxpayers are paying the correct amount of tax they are due. Um, to um, exchange information, um, each country needs legal um, instruments. Um, in this case, Malta has 140 exchange partners. Mm -hmm. um, it has 77 double taxation agreements. Mm -hmm. um, these are um, bilateral agreements between countries on how they're going to help each other, amongst others, on how to exchange information. There are also four tax information exchange agreements. These are specifically and bilateral agreements on how countries are going to exchange information with Malta. Then there is the EU directive, um, which is again, it's the mutual administrative assistance um, on tax matters. This obviously um, is enforced for all EU member countries. Mm -hmm. And we also, Malta is um, signatory to the OECD um, Convention on Mutual Assistance Again in Tax Matters. So, um, like this, we are covering most countries in the world, you know, besides the double taxation agreements and EU countries. Um, we are also signatories with other countries outside EU for exchanges of information. Okay, very good. And what are the elements necessary for effective exchanges of information? Of course. Mm -hmm. What has Malta done to make sure that these elements are in place? Of course. Um, to have an effective um, exchange of information, yes, you have uh, three very important elements that must be in place. These are um, availability of information, access to information, and mechanisms of information. Um, way back in 2011, um, Malta introduced the Malta Cooperations Regulations. These, are, um, regu these regulations um, cover all the obligations and commitment that Malta has in pursuant to um, exchanges of information. Um, it covers everything from the powers of the Commissioner of Revenue to the obligations of taxpayers to sanctions and penalties, everywhere, everything is in there. Okay, and are there any legal additional legal provisions that Malta has in its tax legislation? Um, these are, these are in connection to the Malta tax laws already. So. We kept the Malta tax laws as they are. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there have been some amendments to keep up to date with new directives and new, new um, developments in the financial area. But these were in addition to the Maltese tax laws. Again, the cooperation regulations, as we know them in short, have been updated and are being updated continuously um, uh, to keep them up um, uh, with new <laughs> new areas of, of, of taxation. Mm -hmm. Okay, and going back to those three elements, can mm -hmm. you give some more detail on what each of them means? Of course, of course, of course. So, first and foremost, availability of information. Um, a country cannot exchange information if the information is not available to it. 
Right. So um, the cooperation regulations give an extended, extensive um, list of what needs to be um, kept. Um, the, the information must be kept by taxpayers and even licensed holders like banks and insurances companies and also by trustees. Um, what information must be kept? There are the, the cooperation regulations list three types, three categories of documentation of information that need to be kept. First and foremost is information on beneficial ownership. Mm -hmm. So um, an entity, like for example a company, first and foremost needs to uh, list and keep available um, its members, its shareholders. And when I say information, that means so if uh, an individual is a shareholder in this company, the company should have his name or her name and, and uh, surname, um, date of birth and place of birth, um, identity card number or tax information number and place or, um, and uh, date um, and country of origin. That's for sure. Um, if the shareholder or the owner uh, is an entity, then the company needs to keep a record of the company's name, again, the level of shareholding, and the date of incorporation and its registered address. Um, uh, all this information needs to be kept up to date. Mm -hmm. So um, if the, the cooperation circulation stipulate that uh, an entity should keep its register updated within 14 days that there is a change in its ownership. Okay. And when we say ownership, it's not just the shareholding, the legal owner, but also the ultimate beneficial owner. Um, another type of information that has to be kept is accounting information. And when we say accounting information, it means that um, not just um, day books or journals, but also underlying documentation like, I don't know, invoices, contracts. The, the aim of this is that we have the, country, the, the, the entity or, or, or the um, business has um, a good background of its financial position at that particular stage with uh, um, reasonable accuracy. So um, um, the, uh, the, financials, the, financials, the accounts, you know, they have to be a good basis for the financial statements. Mm -hmm. And um, they have to be readily available. The last type um, of information is banking information. This mostly relates to licensed banks. Again, when you say um, banking information, it's just information on the bank account, per se, but also on financial and transactional information, the, the whole background information. Um, it's good to point out that um, all this information must be readily available. Mm -hmm. So when uh, the Commissioner for Revenue asks for this information, it should be submitted to him without delay. Right. This means that the information must be kept in Malta. Mm -hmm. If, for whatever reason, the information cannot be kept in Malta, at least it had to be kept in a country where there is legal arrangements where the, the information can be transmitted without delay. Mm -hmm. Also another important thing is that all this information has to be kept within five years from the date when it happened. Right. So. Um, it's useless saying, you know, it took, it took some time, it was longer. Within five years, you are within the law to have all this information available. The same applies for liquidated companies and companies that were struck off or no longer exist. Okay. 
So the, this time the onus lies on the liquidator. Mm -hmm. The liquidator should keep all documentation for five years at okay. least. Okay, so that covers availability of information. information yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. We have the other two elements. Yes. <laughs> um, the other one is access to information. So again, if we have all the information available, but we don't have access to it, mm -hmm. it's not exactly the, the, the yeah, best mechanism. Yes. So it's good to point out that the Commissioner for Revenue has power to ask for all information to all persons, from all persons. So irrespective if there is a legal obligation on a person of secrecy or whatever, the powers of the commissioner override this legal obligation. Right. So um, the commissioner for revenue can seek information from taxpayers, from license holders like insurance agencies, banks, etc., from legal persons, I don't know, lawyers, notaries, fiduciaries, trustees, accountants, auditors, I mean, the, the list is endless. They, he can also seek information from real estate agents. Okay. So there is no limitation on that. Mm -hmm. I have to make a small exemption on this. Um, where there, wherever there is a business secret or a commercial or trade secret, mm -hmm. then that's okay. The commissioner may not have the power to seek that information. Okay. The same applies for attorney-client privilege information. So. Right. Any information that lies within those parameters, no, the commissioner cannot mm -hmm. ask for that information. But anything else, anything else that falls under beneficial ownership information, accounting information, and banking information, yes, there are no legal provisions uh, secret that the commissioner cannot override. Okay, very good. So that's access to the information? Yes, the last one is mechanisms mm -hmm. of information. Um, again, so if we have all the inf all available information mm -hmm. and we have all the access, access. but we have to provide the information and this mm -hmm. is where timeliness comes into place right um the eu directive and also the oecd convention um, stipulate that uh, a request for information when received must be vetted and an acknowledgement must be sent to the requesting country mm -hmm. within seven days right that's the law um, another piece of important information lying under this parameter is um, when uh, a request for information is finalized. Um, one has to understand that a request for information coming from abroad is linked to an investigation being carried out abroad. Mm -hmm. So the information has to be forwarded to them without delay to help them out. So um, both the directive and the OECD convention um, the best way would be that a, a, a request for information is closed within 90 days of receipt. Right. Or at least a status update is given to the requesting requested country to tell them what's holding up the information. You know, <laughs> recently we had the COVID and we had a bit of restrictions, so we had a lot of, of, of um, taxpayers coming back to us asking for extensions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some circumstances, yes, you, you yes, cannot do otherwise. But as much as possible, within 90 days, the investigation has to be closed. Okay, very good. Thank you. And earlier you mentioned sanctions. Does the Maltese tax law account for penalties for individuals or, or, or companies that don't meet the yes. requirements? 
Yes, in fact, um, the sanctions and penalties are stipulated in the cooperation's regulations. It's, it says that um, when a taxpayer or an entity, whoever is the requesting the information, is being requested the information, does not meet the requirements of the Commissioner for Revenue within the stipulated time frame, mm -hmm. he is liable to a penalty of 1,000 euro. Okay. On top of that, there is a penalty of 50 euro per day for each day that this requirement mm. was not met. The whole penalty is kept as, at 19,250 euro, okay. the maximum penalty. Yes, okay. <laughs> Very good, thank you. And do you see any outlook for change? Are these structures and laws and, and regulations going to go through any significant review in the, in the coming year? We are, we did a first review way back in 2009. The review was done by OECD. Mm -hmm. It was specifically on requests, requesting uh, exchanges of information upon, upon request. And there was another review in 2019. And we are gearing up for the third review, hopefully in 2021-22. Okay. So it's an ongoing procedure. You know, we were all constantly being reviewed by OECD, by EU. Um, on all these three elements, mm -hmm. access to information, availability of information, and mechanism. Okay, so is that to improve processes and the way the information is collected and exchanged? Yes. And also to, to improve the relations between countries? Yes, the, uh, the country, the, um, I think the legal instruments between countries there is always room for improvement, but you know, being having so much um, uh, exchange of information partners is is, is is already well 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 enough. Okay. Um, but all as you say, there is always room for improvement, and uh, yes, um, despite we always strive to do our best, there is much more to learn, and we always you know um, take into consideration the um, uh, the opinions of of EU and. Um, OECD and we, we, we try as much as we can to, to meet them. Mm -hmm. And what about the role of digitization? You've, this past year has seen obviously more digitized um, documents and information. Yes. Has this impacted your work? It has, but I have to say in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, yes, we continued working despite restrictions and everything. And obviously, most of us were not in the office. Um, handling documentation at one point in time was considered not exactly um, oh, safe. Friendly. <laughs> so um, uh, we called our legal office and asked them whether it's okay we start receiving scanned, original scanned documentation, rather everything by, by post. Mm -hmm. And again, um, sometimes it's not even practical to receive by post. I mean, sometimes the, the information request is so, so bulky, mm -hmm. you know, you end up with, with boxes and then you have to scratch your head how you're going to send them abroad, th these big parcels. So, mm -hmm. yes, the best way forward was long coming. It was through um, either through a USB or through encrypted emails. Mm -hmm. With EU, it was not really a problem. Within the EU, there is already an email system. We, are, we call it the CCN network, mm -hmm. where each tax office has access to it, and these um, the information is submitted electronically and and uh, safely. Okay, it so only like exists between exactly that's right. It's supported. It only exists within EU member countries. Other countries outside EU, most of them, with the exception of two, um, um, 
worked that worked just fine with us um, sending each other electronic mail. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there were two countries which their internal law does not permit them to I see. work with yes with 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 um, uh, scanned copies. They okay. they wanted original copies. Okay, very good. Thank you. Do you have anything else you'd like to you'd like to cover? You'd like to address? Uh, yes, um, because I I would talk a lot about requests for information. The thing is, it's the oldest type of exchanges of information, but over the years, um, there are other forms and there were other um, types of exchanges of information. One of the most important one at the moment is automatic. Um, this is um, uh, pre-categories uh, c- of information, pre-established categories of information that are exchanged to countries, between countries, um, over a period of time. Mm-hmm. For example, um, countries, um, all over the world, exchange information about income, salaries, pensions, account holders. So the time has come that a country to, re- to, to have information does no longer requ- require to do requests for information. It's readily available right. through its portals from other countries. Um, I don't know, perhaps a lot of people would, would hear these words, CRS, FATCA, mm-hmm. I mean, even to open a bank mm-hmm. account now, you know, have to fill yes. in a lot of forms. <laughs> these all lead to these automatic exchanges of information. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other exchanges of information, for example, are spontaneous. These are also helpful. Um, this happens when a tax, a tax office in another country goes through a tax file and finds some information which he might think might be relevant to the another country. So he just finds, sends them, yes, out of his goodwill, but usually they, they end up in, in investigations in the other country. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all about tax offices around the world helping each other um, in order to make their work even better. Okay, <laughs> very good. Thank you very much for your time today, Katya. Um, Do you have any concluding remarks? Yes, to be honest, um, <laughs> all I wanted to say is... Um, if someone finds the, the subject as interesting and, as me and would like to find further information on the subject, um, one might go to the Office of the Commissioner website. Mm-hmm. Over there, there is a section, International Taxation, and one may find all the links that uh, on the subjects that I was talking about. There is um, the links to the Double Taxation Agreement, so the EU Directive, Competent Authorities, everything is there. If um, someone would like to ask further questions or clarifications, we have an email dedicated just for this type of, of, of information. Okay. The email is ca-eoi.cfr.gov.mt. Very good. Thank you very much for your time, Katya. The FinTalks are available on the main podcast apps and on the Finance Malta YouTube channel. For more information, please visit www.financemalta.org slash podcasts and follow Finance Malta on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.